It's time for honest reflection in youth ministry. The present culture is more established than ever. It's so crushing for many a youth pastor. There's a lot to be learned about youth ministry and even more to be shared. Here's to hoping that this helps. Whether you are 19 and have just started or have been serving in ministry for 19 years, we hope that this weekly dose of honesty and humor will help to heal and renew hope for you and yours. Welcome to After 9, the most honest hour in youth ministry. Hello and welcome to After 9. My name is Chad Higgins. Uh, I'm Zach Working. How in the world are you? <laughs> Chad, I could not be better. I'm living in an oasis, an oasis called camp. And you're here with me. I have other all... words to describe <laughs> camp. <laughs> despite all the fear and trepidation and excuses to do other things, <laughs> Chad Higgins has found himself here at the beloved and hallowed campgrounds in July, hanging out. With us at the creek. Zach so told me that if I didn't come, he'd kick me off the podcast. <laughs> I said, if you're a real youth minister, you have to go to at least one camp this summer. <laughs> and he was like, I guess I will. So right. no, he's here with me. We're doing the camp thing. It's great. Uh, recording uh, a little episode while we're at camp. It's fun. Uh, so if you're just tuning in and you're wondering if this is always how it goes, no, it's not. But this is After 9. This is the most honest podcast in youth ministry for us to ask the most honest questions about what it means to work with young people and be a minister of young people and to the community and the families and how we serve the local church. So if you've ever walked across the parking lot on a midweek, whether it's a Wednesday, Tuesday, or a Sunday night or Sunday morning, and ask yourself, what am I doing? Does this make any sense? Am I making a difference? You are a friend, and we're here to help answer those questions for you. So welcome to After 9. You can follow us on Twitter at After 9 Ministry. Uh, you can like and rate and subscribe. All those things on the iTunes, on the podcasting and the whatnots. We'd love to have your support that way. It's a little bit of your time, but we really appreciate it. And yeah. we're really excited to jump into today, Chad, a topic that I think is timely. You brought this one to the table today, and I think this is probably the most timely topic in a way that might be refreshing and surprising. So set it up for us today. Well, so w- what I think would be great to talk about, and it was something that I was talking to Zach about is, um, you know, Zach and myself have been friends for a long time, um, but really our, um, I, I guess our student ministry um, ha- hasn't really crossed paths a whole lot. Not a lot of overlap. Sense. Not a lot yeah. of overlap. Yeah, we had the coffees, but we never really did the ministry together in the trenches. Right. And so now <laughs> that my, my schedule is being more freed up, Zach asked me to come to camp with him. He's a great teacher. Good to have out. He's been wonderful in leading my guys this week, and I appreciate it. Um, they would maybe say something different. It's, but... it's still early in the week, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I- anyways, we, um, we're we getting to, to do this camp thing together. And so, I, you know, coming into this, I was telling Zach, I had this expectation of what <laughs> camp with Zach working was going to be like. It's, oh man, see this, like, and that's one of those, I didn't think, I don't think I realized that until the moment that you named it. And then I got like, all kinds of like flush faced and embarrassed because I'm like, he's going through and look. It's like, it was like you were given a key to my house and you went through and just like checked every closet and oh, like yeah. saw the mess and you saw where the stuff was and the, the, and the meta- things that don't work. The metaphor here, I am currently in your bathroom in the medicine cabinet. You are, you are. I'm like, what is this lotion? <laughs> you are rifing through. <laughs> These prescriptions are outdated and you kept them? Interesting. <laughs> what are you about working? What are you doing? I don't know, Chad. I thought they were in important to keep. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Smelly shells on the back Smelly of the toilet shells. seat. What's that all about? It's a recycled puka shell necklace. Thank you very much. 
So no, Chad's here at camp giving me all the, uh, the all the embarrassment and the the, the, the guilting and because the, there's nobody else that knows when you're at your best and when you're at your worst than a fellow youth minister, right? Like like there's moments when I hop on the microphone and I make an announcement and Chad is like, hey. I bet somebody passed out, didn't they? And I was like, well, we had a little bit of a hydration scare, but we're going to go ahead and just address it to the group. But it's like, good plan. Good plan. I Start it, dinner late? Yep, yep. Is that why you told those jokes? It was, Chad, and I apologize for them not being funny. <laughs> this is an actual quote that I heard come out of Zach Workin's mouth this morning talking to a group of students that were having some hygiene problems in their dorm. We had a little man meeting in in the boys' dorm. By the way, if you don't think that Zach and I are in the trenches of student ministry, this story tells you that that we're there. We're in it. It's happening. We're doing. There is no... And it is no different than what you're walking through. So here's what Zach told to his group of boys that, I'll be honest, Zach, I almost lost it, which would have really like lost some credibility on your <laughs> Ruined part. the gravitas of the moment because I, I landed it like it was like a thing I'd been working on all week. <laughs> this phrase definitely came out of Zach's mouth this morning. If you go to the bathroom and you don't have time to flush the toilet, you need to check your schedule. <laughs> I had found two dump and goes. We had only been at camp for 24 hours, and I was flushing other people's duties. Listen, that is a serious problem. It is it is a thing that can be remedied, and it is a gross leave behind. Welcome to student Welcome ministry. Welcome to student ministry. So good. But I think that begs the question, Chad, what are some things maybe that we are embarrassed for other folks to know? Because I think one of the things, if we're talking honestly like we do on the podcast, one of the things that plagues youth ministry, one of the things that runs rampant in folks that serve, especially in these kind of full-time ministry settings and positions that maybe they're trying to build and grow a group and like the rise and fall of that group feels feels like it's on them, right? So it's like you know, it's the coaching dynasty of like I've ministered these students, and this group is is growing and doing and serving, and like because of my efforts, it's looked like this, and you know, I turned it around. There's something in that line of thought that becomes really defensive mm. around other folks because we feel like at every turn we're either having to fight for or fight against that demon that is comparison sure and, and i think we were we were talking about this just for ourselves, and um and I, and I really hope this isn't the case but um and I, I think it's really easy for even guys like me and you right to to compare ourselves with each other or other youth ministers. we like each other <laughs> right but there's still that like um and, and not in a bad way but i was excited to come and see like how you did things right yeah. and like how you set things up, the organizational process, like the creativity process of all of that kind of stuff. Camp management. Camp management. <laughs> yeah. Um, w- which, by the way, your assistant is phenomenal. Tops. All right? Tops. We, we're going to have her on in a couple weeks because she just needs to talk about her youth ministry journey. Because in the last two years, she's gone from like college intern to like soaring eagle ready to fly because yeah. she's been incredible. Yeah. So, but um, we have this comparison game. And so, and, and I think a lot of times, 
the comparisons that happen the most are probably even blind comparisons, okay, right? Okay. We can probably think of um, some men and women that are out there that are around you doing student ministry, whether it's the town over or across the state or whatever. Or the big city youth pastor. The big city youth pastor, right, that we have this expectation or this I- idealistic view of them yeah. just because of some like post that they've posted on like, right, Instagram right. or Facebook. That really polished Instagram <laughs> right. graphic that, that was for that one series they paid extra for and all the kids huddled together and one corner of the room and it was shot from overhead and they were like with their hands up and that really inspirational quote. Right. And you just assume that that's every Wednesday that's night. That's how it always goes down. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't staged at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I think that we have these expectations and I think if we're not careful, we're not asking the correct questions, we're not checking our heart in yeah. this, then I think it takes us down this path of of either self-loathing or pride, right? right. Um and I think either that, I'm doing too good or right. I'm not doing good enough. Look yeah. at all these scrubs. Right, right. right. You know? And, Big man on campus rolling in. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and so I, I think if we're not guarding our heart, it's going to be really easy that the ministry that we do becomes about ourselves, and it stops being about God and it stops being about even the people that we serve. Oh, that's good. Um, and so I think there has to be this constant heart check for us yeah. and this honesty for each of us to realize that there are going to be areas that you fail in. There are going to be areas that you succeed really well in, but that we don't hang our hats on these low moments or these high moments. Yeah. And we find our worth in the game, if that makes sense. No, that's good. And I think whatever contents your your context you're serving in, this may um, feel a little different or come out in a little different way. But I know for a lot of our folks, you are serving in places of youth ministry that have other kinds of youth ministry inside of your context, whether that's a denominational context or a network context or even, you know, your your uh, intramural city, uh, across town, battle rival kind of person. Like there is, there is someone that you probably have either through social media or just overheard at the, you know, at the pizza counter or in the school cafeteria over the coffee talk thought, I am better than such and such, or I wish I could pull off what such and such is doing. And I think that is the moment that we need to really pause. And it's hard because this is the part where like in other industries, this is the bread and butter, right? Like if you're in a different kind of, you know, marketing or business or some kind of like ladder climbing, trying to assign roles, grow and do, these have a lot easier kind of niches and cubby holes to know that you're, you know, this pay grade at this level of moving to this level on tenure track for this or whatever. But in youth ministry, man, like it all feels very kind of nebulous and vague. Like it just feels like however it went last week, right? And I feel like a lot of us get caught into the trap of how did it go last week and that's how we're doing. And again, that is the thing more than any other things. We're going to dive into some of these different areas. We're going to name some of these different reasons. But if you hear one thing off the top, hear us say that if you are living emotionally on how things went last week, mm-hmm. that is a backwards roller coaster that is just going to spin you out of control. Right. And you have got to begin to frame yourself uh, faithfully, spiritually, and in ways of good health that put the ministry context not on how good you did last Sunday or last Wednesday, but on how well you were about being faithful, diligent, and setting out and achieving realistic and attainable goals. Right. Because I think for maybe some of our listeners right now, 
you know, we're on the back end of summer. Yeah. For some of you, you've gone to camp or you're about to go to camp and you're looking at your sign-up numbers. And, and that was either really great right, or it was really not so great. Really not so great or, or you're looking towards the fall and you've got some big event or a mission trip or whatever and, and you have – you have evaluated each of those. Yeah. And I think that we can very easily lump our own evaluation yeah. inside this numerical number of, of how many students came. And I don't think that that's the, the proper evaluation that we need to have of our faithfulness to the ministry that God has put in front of us. Um, now, I would also say in that same sentence – that I think it's important, though, that we're honest with ourselves. Yeah. Because there is room for personal evaluation, but that is a different category than the numerical growth or fall or the successful venture of camp. Right. Your growth as a person is a category, but a separate category. Right. If you're frustrated with your numerical number, right, we continue to come back to this um, each and every year, and you're doing nothing to change it. Okay, then I think that we really start to need to evaluate like the process and the, the way you're doing it, right? If we're doing the exact same things and expecting something different to change, then it's not going to. And I think that that leads to people getting so frustrated that yeah. they assume that their church is broken or their people are broken. Mm. Um, or their and pastor is broken. <laughs> the pastor or the music <laughs> we'll pastor. We'll come back to that, yeah. <laughs> and so the the answer is just to move on to the better farm, right? Yeah. Then move on to the next place. It's going to be a little. They bit don't better. have this problem across town, right? Yeah. Listen, brother. Everyone has, has it. this problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are all dealing with sinful and broken people um, that are going to let us down, yeah. and we're going to let them down. Yeah. And and so we have to be diligent in asking the correct questions and not wrapping our identity up. Um, in this thing that we call ministry, like God has something better for you yeah. um, than just your worth being um, in your title or the size of your church. And so if you're, if you're feel like you're on the bottom of the rocks today and you're just going, oh, I feel beat up. Why aren't these kids responding? All that we kind of stuff. We had to cancel mission trip because right. the kids didn't seem interested. Right. Be reminded, Right that God is still at work and he's still at work in your life. Yeah. Right. And, and so begin to come at this in a different way. Don't look at this as down and out. I'm useless, but, but, uh, take it an opportunity to really evaluate, look at the culture, see what's going on and ask yourself, how do I, how do I make this better? And even more than that question, the, the minute I said it, I realized that I think that even that's wrong. I think the question that we have to get to this place of asking ourselves and searching for is what is God wanting from these people yeah. and what is he wanting from me? Yeah. And if we're just continuing to try to like reach from here's a good program, here's a good program, here's this a This seems cool to thing, work. Right. Then we, we're just following something else that God has given someone else. Yes. And so we've got to get to this place of listening to the Lord, finding out where he's at work and the people around us, and then meeting them where they're at, that we join God in the work that he's doing instead of just doing our own thing and asking that God may bless it. Yeah.
And and so I think that for each of us today, I think that it's a good reminder that we have to be aware of what God's doing in our own heart and the ministry around us um, to really evaluate our ministry correctly. That's good. Well, we're going to pause on that moment of pastoral discernment for both your life and the life of your ministry. We're going to take it to the break. And when we get back, Chad Higgins has a checklist of various categories to walk us through that might lead us towards a little bit of better health, a little bit further away from that plague of comparison. So catch us after the break. Calling all After 9 listeners. Zach and Chad are incredibly thankful for your patronage and encouragement. As we move into the next chapter of After 9, we want to ask for your support. You can help make After 9 even better. Please consider contributing monthly to growing After 9's reach and resources by visiting our Patreon page. Go to www.patreon.com after9 to become a supporter. You can also visit www.afternineministry.com slash support to learn more. We appreciate your ongoing encouragement, prayers, and support. Welcome back to After Nine. My name is Chad Higgins. And I'm Zach Workin. Zach, all right, we're coming back. We're continuing to talk about comparison. I look at you right now, and once again, we are at camp. Um, Zach, camp you have, mode. You have a theme night tonight. That you're already dressed. <laughs> We're half dressed for theme night. Um, let me just explain to you what Zach's wearing right now. We've got mustard pants on. Mustard, um, probably a little too tight fitting pants, but hey, man, you keep and things around for a while. And the sweetest Metallica t shirt you've ever seen. It's true vintage, my friend. It is true vintage. So, theme night tonight is decades. Decades War, nights. Right, decades of like battle. So, it's lip sync battle of the decades. And so, we've uh, uh, commissioned all of our students to dress and then perform best songs of the different decades in a lip sync battle. And so, I'm coming as a. 80s rocker who's really confused with his mustard pants. And I have a wig that you're not about to see yet, but you'll get after the podcast. It is stringy and long and great. So. I've been begging Zach all day to do um, a Bone Thugs and Harmony song with me. Crossroads. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Let's do it. We're going to do it. It's happening tonight. We'll post it on the YouTube. Uh, so, Chad, earlier in the episode, you set us up with this idea that comparison is 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 the sickness. Like, this, this is the thing, especially in seasons of drought especially in seasons of success in either directions uh this this is the thing that seems to always come back and always get us and you've kind of like set up for us i think three categories or three um ways of relating or or comparing um that are most damaging or at least we usually these are one of the things that we fall into or the pits that we kind of like swirl down and so so the first one you have for us is the comparison between ourselves and other youth ministers. Right. So I think that this one's the most obvious on, uh, on our checklist of the people that we're comparing ourselves to, right? We compare ourselves to the person across the street, across the state, wherever. Um, and, and I think that this is most damaging um, for us in this. One, I think it isolates us. Okay. Um, because in that we begin to think, okay, well, I can't talk to this person because they do it this way and it's so much better than me, or I don't have anything to learn from this person because I obviously do it better than them. They have a group half my size. What could I know? What could I ever learn? Can I just tell you in student ministry, the people I feel like I've gleaned the most from are people that have been doing it diligently for years in churches, 
um, that are not huge, mm. but they've been so faithful. Especially in the same God's places, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You, I've learned longevity in those places. I've learned contentment. Um, and I've learned some great little just chips specifically of caring for students okay. um, through adversity and just trials in their life. Do you feel like that's a skilled art, like the caring for students, the compassion for students is, is, a, is a practiced art? Absolutely. And I think it's one that we have to um, constantly be checking our heart and growing in our own relationship with the Lord in to be able to do it well, right? Like, I, I'm sorry, but any anybody in the world can become a better communicator or better at games or, you know what I mean? All of those Buy things. fancier stage settings. Right. <laughs> and to, to say that you're the greatest youth minister ever because you have this budget to do that. Yeah. Like, okay, let's pause on that for a moment. Yeah. Um, but I, f- for some of those guys, like w- it's really easy to compare ourselves and to assume that we either do it better or we do it much worse. And I think we rob ourselves. We isolate ourselves in that, in that there are probably some mentors out there that are honestly doing yeah. it quote unquote better yeah. um, that we can learn from. That if we'll kind of get off that little pride horse a little bit, have those conversations, ask those onyx questions, um, and then realize that I'm not just going to copy-paste it into my ministry, but I'm going to allow some wisdom there, some discernment of going, okay, why did you do it that way? Um, What have you learned from it? No, that's good. Right? And and so I think that we've got to get to that place. And and then two, specifically with the guy across the street— um, we rob the opportunity of joining them in ministry. Yeah, that our students get to see um, that our church is not the end all be all in our community in our city, and the kingdom of God is much bigger than the walls around them. And I think that that's really healthy um, for our students today because um, I, I will go out on a limb and say, by the time the students that you're ministering are forty and fifty years old. If they don't see the value of the kingdom and the larger church, the American church is even in even bigger trouble than it is today. That's right. Um, and I think that we're going to have to understand what it means to be champions of the gospel together and yeah. s- stop isolating ourselves from everyone around us. No, no man. There's, I think there's good writings from several folks that 21st century faith is going to have to prove that we are more alike than we are different, or we are at least known for the ways in which we are alike instead of being knows, known for the ways that we are different inside of this big river of, of Christianity, right? Like there's a many streams that make up this big river, but I think we have got to be the kind of people, these, these ministers of next generations of young people of youth that are not looking at trying to size everybody up across the room, but with open hand and invitation and pause for a theological world, a word fellowship, right? We're looking to fellowship. We're looking to partner. So does that mean everyone brings potluck? Right. We put your right hand out and then you put the chili on the table. You put the right hand out. You put the crock pot on the table. Dude, I'm not eating chili (laughs) at a potluck. That will mess you up. <laughs> Something fierce. No, and I, but I think you're right, though. I think I think uh, the idea of, of us robbing ourselves. I mean, I think it's one of those we put up the bubble shield of like you know everybody's sized up and everybody is like scoped out. And I know what they did last week, and I know how many kids they have, and I know what I need to know from them. But there's there's got to be a chance to be surprised. And I think what's even more surprising are the are the youth ministers, uh, the the guys and the girls that are more than eager to go meet 
uh, and learn from fellow ministers, right? We mm-hmm. talk about the youth ministry thing being this kind of like singularity, this uniqueness of ministry that we're, you know, in the borderlands of not quite kids ministry, not quite adult ministry. Kids are always getting older and passing through and becoming adults. And are we preparing them well? And I think that we've got to find ways to to ride ride the wave of the things that are happening that that are new and different, but also become grounded with other folks that are really engaged yeah. in this. Uh, one of one of our friends who I really admire, uh, his practice uh, at the church that he's at now is that they don't do conference things. Like they don't go do the big conference, spend the big conference dollars. His conference dollars are spent by calling up people that he really respects. And he goes in like Airbnbs or like hotels and spends a week in their office. That's awesome. And so he like will go to like their Sunday or their midweek. And he's just like, how do you do it? During the week, like I don't right. want to see the show and like whoever you bring out on stage and the lights and stuff is great, whatever. Like that, that's great for like the big conferencey things. But for him to grow as a minister, he wants to see what a Tuesday's like. That's awesome. He wants to know what Thursday morning after the midweeks like. Like, do you go grab breakfast? Do you sleep in? Do you go to the gym? Like, he wants to know what life is like by these people that he admires. And I think that is so rich and so growing because there's an enrichment for his own personal self too. So I think for the category of comparison, allow yourself to be surprised by who's doing a really great job and then begin to learn from, listen in, lean in, and partner with those people. So I'm going to be honest here. We're supposed to do that, right? And I will... (laughs) While we have this thing uh, every week. So necessary. I really, really pray and I hope that my honesty helps someone because yeah. I hate saying it. Hey, man. Um, it has. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Who saved who? <laughs> um, I, it, it was a few years back. I don't remember how long ago it was. I remember I was having a conversation with another youth minister. Um, I had just gotten back from camp a couple of weeks before. And, man, you ever have those camps where you just feel like, why did we do it? You know what I mean? Like just spiritually, it just felt off. And Could we have not? And it still would have been <laughs> <Right>. okay. <laughs> and, um, and I just felt that, right. I came back and I, I was just a little discouraged. And um, I was talking to another youth minister and he was telling me about his camp and he was so excited. And I remember him telling me like um, about all these students that had come to this just place of a surrender to, to, to the Lord. Yeah. And I hear it and I immediately in the wickedness of my heart compared it to my experience. Mm. Right. And I was like, I didn't have that. And, and I think like everyone else, right. You put on the smile and you're like, dude, that's awesome. Here's what I realized. And I feel like God hit me in the head with a two by four of, you have somehow made this thing about you, mm. even in the surrender, right, of these students, of your own and their own, yeah, right? And somehow you've made the surrender and what God has done in the students' hearts somehow even about that other youth minister, right? Yeah. That he somehow did something that was better, you know what I mean? And all of these kind of things. And I was just reminded of this place of, man, I need to be joyous that there are students that have gone from darkness to the light. Yeah. And stop judging it. Let it be (laughs) the good thing it is. Why are we not, why are we counting not only butts in the seats, but these kind of things and then comparing ourselves 
you know, to, to the person next to us because they had like, quote unquote, more salvations or whatever. Right. It's like, oh, it breaks my heart. And, and I just want to expose my wickedness, I think, in some ways yeah. on air in, in hopes and prayers that God will heal me of that. Mm. Um, and, and hopefully for you as well, our, our listeners, that maybe you're in this this same place that, that you're reminded um, that God is at work and we may join him. So the next thing that, that I want us to think about, that, that maybe some of you are, are in this comparison, the second checkpoint. Category two. Category two. And, and this may or may not uh, um, be applicable to all of our listeners. Um, but one of the things that I've heard from a lot of, of guys and girls, they have senior pastors that at one point in their life were youth ministers mm. and they have told you all about their time and you back minister. in the day back <laughs> in the day when i was a youth pastor and doing vbs kids camp and youth camp all at the same time at the same time we didn't have resource books we had clip art books that we had to cut the pictures out ourselves <laughs> You and your Google Images have it so easy. <laughs> we didn't have computers. <laughs> we had to head count the kids by actually tapping each of them on the head. There was no app for us to check them in. So, for some of you, you may be playing this comparison game, or maybe you feel like your senior pastor is playing this comparison game, game again. For you. For right. you. <laughs> um, that you're not doing it well, you're not doing it the yeah. way that, uh, that he would, all those kind of things. And so, um, I, I want to encourage us, if that's you um, today, take heart, be um, be encouraged. You're, you're not alone in this battle. Um, but but I want to encourage you to have these conversations, these healthy conversations with your senior pastor that you're open and honest of, uh, of not this defensive, hey, don't do this, um, but, but listen and hear, don't. Um, don't let your pride once again stand in the way of possibly hearing some wisdom. Yeah, and 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 so I I want to hope and I pray that for most of our listeners, you feel like you have a, a senior pastor that you feel like is on your side that has your back. Um, and so respect them in that when they have things to say, listen, um, do hear those kind of things. Um, but it's not a comparison against you and them. Student ministry, if you haven't figured this out is different now than in 1990. No, that's right. It's different than 2009, as I got reminded this week. (laughs) But but I think I would share, Chad, and the reason this is worth naming as a category, because if this is true for one of our listeners, it's the truest thing that we could tell them. Because if if that pastoral person, whether it's your boss, pastor, senior pastor, whoever is that person in your office reminding you of when they used to do it, uh, what they might be trying to say, and I think this is this is the optimistic read, is that they want to share an experience with you. Sure. And maybe it feels dislocated because it's from a different time, at a different church, by a different person. But I think the invitation is they've got stories of their time they want to share with you. And I think the best way that you can begin to diffuse the comparison that they're trying to put on you is have one amazing coffee with them mm-hmm. and ask them to relive some of their favorite youth ministry yeah. stories. Be surprised by some of the small nuggets and let them just exorcise out all those things they wanted right. to share. Um, because I think that what they're trying to say is 
I learned stuff, and I really wanted to give it to somebody. Sure. And I know you didn't ask for it, but here it is. Right. <laughs> they give gifts like my dad gives gifts. He's like, I overheard that you thought you needed this, so I went ahead and bought one anyway. And I was like, well, Dad, if you would have asked, you would have known that I bought it for myself. <laughs> and so now you gave me a chore to return one other one. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's the thing is they want to give that gift to you of like, I did this for a while, and there were things that I would do differently. And I know that the times have changed. But hear me out. And so open your heart to that. And I think the way that you best diffuse that growing anger, frustration, vexation in your own self is to set up and preemptively ask for their favorite youth ministry stories. And you'll be surprised at what comes right. out. Right. And advice. And advice. And be, wisdom. Be, be willing to, to lay it out on the table and go, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what I've tried. Here's where I think we, we need to be going. What, what do you think? What would you do? Yeah. What would you do? Um, when people feel like you value um, what they have to say, I've often found that they're not as freely to give it yeah. when you don't want it. <laughs> because then it comes back on them, right? Like yeah. if it's always retroactive, right? Like, well, I wouldn't have done it that way. And then, But if it's the, hey, I talked to Pastor Mike Danstan, whoever, mm-hmm. and he said we ought to try it this way. I bet he's not so free to give it the next time when on the front end you involved his name. Sure. <laughs> so that's, that's category two. So the category three is, is the last and final one that we'll talk about is this one. Um, I think a lot of times we compare ourselves with the idealistic view of ourself, mm. right? That for some of the us— The mirror is not so clearly illuminated. Right. We feel like— <laughs> This is this is how it should be because yeah. I've done it before like this and it worked like this in the past. Or we have this view of ourselves of, well, why wouldn't the kids want to come? Yeah. I'm going to be there. I'm hilarious. <laughs> I'm hilarious. <laughs> That's the lie I live with every week is that I'm hilarious. <laughs> I don't understand why they didn't laugh. <laughs> that was the best joke they've heard today. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I think sometimes we compare ourselves um, with this best version of ourselves. Ourself, yeah. Um, and I think for some of our listeners and some that I've spoken to, um, we have this expectation, this thing that we believe that we should be doing, the size of student ministry that we should be running. We and ought all those, to have, yeah. And all of those kind of things. And I think we can become um, so downtrodden and so pointing the fingers at all these things. And often what I found with this person, and I'll say this person because I think that this is probably the category that I fall into the most for myself, um, is I will immediately want to point fingers to everything around me when mm. the finger probably should be pointed at me. Um, and and so we will try to find those scapegoats yeah. um, because we Please have this expectation be <laughs> that wh- why why am I failing here and all yeah. those kind of things. Um, and, and it may not be you. It may just be the program. And we need to be able to um, separate ourselves from the things that we're doing and ourself and our value and our worth. And and so if any of these three categories are you today, take heart. You're not alone. Um, you're in this with other men and women um, who care deeply about the ministry, who care deeply about the relationship with the Lord and the people that God has placed in their life to minister to. And so my hope and my prayer for you is this, that you will take off the blinders um, whenever you're listening to this, that you'll realize um the hope that Jesus has given you in your life, that he has called you to something great in your ministry, 
um, and he has not left you alone in this and that your worth and your value is not found in your comparison with the person across the street, but your willingness to be faithful to what God has called you. And so whether that is five kids led so diligently, um, so prayerfully with such compassion, tenderness, and care, or God has placed you right now in a student ministry of four, five, six hundred students, and you're looking at yourself going, I don't know what I'm doing. You're not alone. Um, God is there. He has a plan. He has a purpose. May we seek him this week and may we listen diligently to his voice. Thanks for listening to After 9. This has been Zach Workin and Chad Higgins. Thanks for listening to After 9. Join the community and continue the conversation on Facebook, Twitter, or visit after9ministry.com to share your story.